Gentlemen, we're back. Division one rejects. Jimmy, how we feeling tonight? Good. Real good. Tyshawn, in the puffer and the beanie. How we doing? Saying? Chilling, man. Cooling. Chilling. That's the move for tonight. We're recording this on Thursday night. I'm your host, Kobe Manzo. We're back with another great episode. Uh, back with some more great guests. The last few episodes, we have been guestless. I, the last one or two, but um, we've got a, we got a good lineup for you. We've got two great guests tonight. The first one we'll be talking to is the Northwood University defensive coordinator, Gavin McMacken, a.k.a. Coach Mac. We're going to talk to him about the Timberwolves making the move from the GLIAC onto the GMAC. Not to be confused. They do sound pretty similar, but down to a lot of those Ohio schools, those former GLIAC teams. And then later on in the episode, stick around. We've got Bimba Tankara. He is a freshman linebacker. I guess maybe redshirt, not technically redshirt, but uh, a COVID redshirt linebacker for the Timberwolves as well. So a big episode with the guys from Northwood talking about them moving over in the leagues and talking about their schedule releases for 2022. Um, as far as the GLIAC is concerned, we have two other schedule releases, those from Saginaw Valley and Wayne State for the 2022 season that we'll dive into here shortly. On the NFL side of things, guys, we had... I'll say the best weekend of NFL football in my lifetime. That was incredible. So exciting to watch. Like every single game was great. And possibly the best part about it was that the final game was done by like what? 10 o'clock, 1030. Like we never get that. I feel like it's always, I'm trying to, I'm like, it's way past my bedtime by the time these damn games gets over. So it got, it got, yeah, it was one of them. It was, That was nice, but um, we'll recap the wild divisional round games and then, of course, preview the conference championships coming up. Those matchups, the 49ers at the Rams and then over in the AFC, the Bengals at the Chiefs, those will be fun ones to talk about for sure. And then finally, uh, in the NFL, we have some potential coaching hires. Obviously, the Bears picking up the Colts DC today um, and some other announcements like Sean Payton stepping away from the Saints, along with some big names stepping away from the league like Big Ben Roethlisberger in uh, Pittsburgh. So that's an, obviously an opening that could be um, potentially a pretty appeasing quarterback job. We'll see what happens there. But as always, you can listen pretty much anywhere, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Follow us on Twitter at D1Rejects and on Instagram at Division1Rejects to see highlights from the show. But first, guys, we're going to do that conversation with Coach Mack. Joining us now is defensive coordinator at Northwood University in Midland, Michigan. It's the Coach Mack, a.k.a. Coach Gavin McMack. And Coach, seriously a pleasure to have you on here tonight. Oh, man, the pleasure is all mine. I'm excited to be here with you guys. You know, I, I am grateful for that, seriously. And I've got, like I told you, I've got a lot of friends down there on that squad, a lot of good guys, and they have spoken very highly of you and, and your character. Shoot, I don't even I don't even really know anything about you as, a, as an actual ball coach, but, man, the way these guys talk about you, they really enjoy playing for you on that defensive side of the ball. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, we've got some, some great people down here at Northwood. It's a really special place. Oh, 100%. And for you, I mean, you've been there for coming, closing in on, what, 10 seasons now at Northwood, and 2020 was set to be your first as the acting defensive coordinator for the Timberwolves after eight years or nine years with the squad. Obviously, that didn't end up happening with the season cancellation, so what was the adjustment like going from the position of the defensive line coach and being uh, moved over to calling the plays on that side of the ball? Well, you know, I think I'd been – prepared by the previous defensive coordinator we'd been together for a number of years and I had been a defensive coordinator at my previous college uh, out in Iowa so I had some experience uh, as far as that goes gotcha uh, probably the, the most challenging thing was I had a coaching staff that changed some of my assistant coaches changed during the COVID year so yeah um you know, the, the look of our defense from where we were headed in 2020 to what product we put on the field in 2021 changed a little bit uh, because of some of the, the new ideas that uh, my assistant coaches 
brought in with them from, you know, where they were coming from. So that was, you know, that was probably the biggest difference uh, between those two years was just kind of a, you know, the, the change in who was in the offices with me. Yeah, and you mentioned you were uh, out in Iowa coaching before this, and we were just talking before the show. You're back out in Iowa recruiting. Obviously, you've got some strong roots out there. Expecting to get some more guys uh, on the roster from that area, or what? Well, we, you know, we we'll go wherever there's players that that want to come and get a top notch business degree and and play hard nosed football and and work hard and do, go about things the right way. So, if it's Iowa, great. If it's Alaska, great. You know, Florida, we'll be there. Hell yeah, I love that. I seriously do. Um, and like you talked about it, that business degree, that's one that, especially in our area, really can't be replicated anywhere else. And a lot of people will uh, choose your school solely for that reason. How do you leverage that when you're going after a lot of these recruits? Well, I think that the, the reputation of our degree speaks for itself. And, you know, you I, I can show recruits as we're going through the process what our alumni are doing from owning professional sports teams to running car dealerships to working in the FBI and the CIA. Uh, the, a business degree is extremely broad, which a lot of people don't understand until they actually go through the process. I didn't understand it until I started working at Northwood, uh, exactly how far you can go with, with a business degree. So, um, you know, a lot of people take shots at us because that's what our curriculum is. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's top notch. And, Inevitably, our athletes, as they're getting ready to graduate, will have two to three job offers, sometimes more, that they have to pick, you know, which one they want to take. And so, I mean, that's why you go to college to begin with, is to create opportunities uh, after your education is complete. And, you know, I think Northwood does an amazing job preparing these young men uh, for the next stage in their lives. Yeah, it's a 40-year decision, right? Not a four-year decision. And that's uh, that's range right there that you just rattled off that list, which was, was pretty impressive, by the way. I love that. Um, <laughs> because, you know, not every guy who has a business degree, you're right, is not trying to be some industrial tycoon. Like, maybe they want to go and run the family business or, like, get into some type of, like you said, FBI. Like, there's such a, a broad uh, breadth of work there, which is uh, pretty interesting for me. And you talked about how guys have those job opportunities coming straight out of school. Did you guys run into a few issues as far as the COVID year uh, was concerned with guys considering coming back or potentially leaving for those job opportunities? Obviously, those guys had the extra year of eligibility, but I got to imagine some of them uh, forego that and just wanted to enter the workforce right away. Did that end up happening? Well, and that's something that, and, and I'll get to, you, to your statement here in just a second, but that's something that we deal with beyond just the COVID year because sure, yeah. the way our curriculum's set up, you're starting classes in your major day one. So you graduate in four years. And so, you know, a lot of times guys will get to that fourth year when they could graduate and they're faced with, do I take a six-figure job or do I come back and play my last year of football? It sounds like a nice and problem so to have. It's a, I mean, it's a tremendous problem to have, oh, yeah. um, but it, it keeps us a young football team because mm -hmm. when you're 22 years old and there's $100,000 sitting in front of you, it's, it's pretty hard to walk away from that opportunity. So, you know, back to your statement about the COVID year, it did change our roster, especially, you know, I'm a defensive line coach and it changed my room dramatically. I mean, I had six guys that didn't come back that took jobs. Man. And so we went from a very experienced group to a very, very young group in about one week of real time. So you hug those guys and then you cry behind closed doors and then you bring the youngsters along and, and you know, they 
they did a great job for me this fall. Yeah, um, next you man know, up, getting thrown, getting thrown in the mix. Hundred percent, next man up. We we preach that up here too, and we've uh, run into some of those situations, but definitely not uh, to the extent I believe of you guys. And um, you know, talk a little bit about this past year as far as this is your last in the GLIAC, and you guys are set to make the move to the Great Midwest Athletic Conference. That's a mouthful. But the GMAC, that's where you guys are heading this coming year. I, I'd imagine yep. the mindset from you guys is the same as far as, um, you know, different opponent, but same goal, right? But is there anything that excites you about the move and playing against some new opponents with some new opportunities? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I think that I can speak for the whole program. We just want to play football games, and we don't really care who we're lining up against. Um, we, we are excited from the standpoint that it will be some, some different schools and, and fresh faces, some, some teams we've never played before. So uh, from a preparation standpoint, we're basically starting from scratch. And then some of the, the programs that uh, we have played in the past maybe had new head coaches, new coordinators, things of that nature that would change up their look from what we knew them as before. So we're, it's basically a clean slate for us right now. We're, we're starting from uh, ground zero and, and getting this figured out as we uh, make this transition into the GMAT. And, you know, we're, we're very excited about it. But, again, you know, it, it's not going to be a cakewalk conference by any stretch. All those teams had, had been GLIAC, uh, you know, been GLIAC members yeah. previously. And so, you know, it's it's – pick your poison really I mean it's you know not everybody's um gonna just be able to go in there and and run the league you know it's, no, it's course, very yeah. competitive and, and very very good football and um you know it's, it's another midwestern high level football conference much like the Gliet. totally and I'm trying to think um you talked about that young defensive line group and Ty you might remember this too but I want to say his name was uh something Slaughter I believe is the last name he had a game against us when we were down there um, I did not uh, make the. He's he's one of our linebackers. He's a linebacker. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Milan Slaughter. Yeah, I remember he um, had a yeah. he had a game against us when we were down there. Um, thirty six actually. Was it thirty six? That that would have been Bimba. Bimba's thirty six. Um, the other inside boy. linebacker. Yeah. We'll get Bimba yeah, out here he, in, in a few minutes. I'm excited to talk to him too. Sure. He's the yeah. Man. He he's he played well, and again, I mean that's another youngster that. Uh, played his first football, you know, collegiately yeah, this last right. fall. I mean, we, we had 22 guys on defense. It was either their first collegiate start or first collegiate reps. Wow. So the the youth um, was crazy. was prevalent sometimes. You know, we, no, we showed how young yeah. we were. Some growing pains. But, yeah, I mean, but, but again, I mean, it, it was great to get those guys involved. And, you know, they really took some major steps from – you know, early in the season to later in the season. Yeah, and that's what you look for for sure. But I remember, I just remember Slaughter's name because I think he was the GLIAC Defensive Player of the Week that week, and he had he had a nice stat line. So I, I just I was thinking about that. Um, he he could have been. I mean, they're they're both phenomenal players and phenomenal young men. So yeah, I, I don't I don't remember who was GLIAC, what you know, but I, you know I'm sure that either of them would have been deserving if they got that for sure. No, I love that. And you talked about the. I mean, that's. You know, I can't even describe like the amount of uh, you know guys. Like you said, that's their first reps or their first games or whatever. The amount of uh, youngsters you got on that side of the ball. You guys obviously didn't have the year you wanted defensively, right? And you struggled, especially Correct. within GLIAC play. But I, I, you know, I was going to ask you, how do you flip the script? But really, it just sounds like maybe another year in that system, getting guys more comfortable. Is that just the best route? And that's how you're going to see the best uh, and most impactful change from these guys. 
you know, I think another year in the system will be will be beneficial for sure. And there's a, a massive transition that happens from, uh, you know, your redshirt freshman year to your sophomore year, whether you've played significant snaps or not. Like mm-hmm. everything just gets easier for you. Um, you know, truth be told, as I go back through and self-scout everything from, from last year, um, but, you know, the first question that I always ask myself is, is this a schematic problem? Like if, if our opponent gets uh, an explosive play, scores, whatever it is, is this a schematic problem? And, yeah. and at the end of the day, uh, more times than not, we had people, you know, where they needed to be and maybe missed a tackle out in space or things of that nature. So, you know, we, we just have to clean up some of the fundamental stuff that, that goes with the game. And, um, you know, and again, the athletes you're facing – in this conference to to try to tackle one-on-one in space is it's challenging doesn't matter who you are 100 percent. and you know I, i'm watching that i'm watching these nfl games watching guys miss tackles you oh, know yeah. and i'm just like yeah. holy smokes and i think you know not to get all old school but we've changed how we practice so much that i think it's really impactful to defenses and and, you know, it exposes you pretty quickly when you go through a week with minimal tackling and then you get out there when the, the live bullets are flying and, and mm-hmm. try to get it done and it happens so much faster. So ain't nothing we'll, like we'll thud up, to find right? ways to clean that up. I'm ain't, sorry. No, ain't nothing like thud up. That's just right, right. you're one misinterpretation away from a little fight breaking out or someone just oh, yeah. tapping you on the yep. butt. And, it you know, that's a tackle. It, it's it's hard, man. It, it's difficult. I totally understand what uh, what you're saying, but I mean. I'm thinking about I played defense all through high school. I don't I don't do that um, up here at Northern, thankfully, because I was not too good at it. And I don't think I could. Tyshawn's coming around the corner out here. I don't think I'm taking him out uh, on the yeah, edge. Yeah, to punish you every time. <laughs> right. Well, I, I I would have to back up on the sideline for fear he might get a hold of me as he's going past. So I don't I don't want any part of that. Oh, that's that's <laughs> awesome. Um, but we're gonna talk here in a little bit about uh, some roster or sorry, not roster. Excuse me. Uh, schedule releases. Wayne State and Saginaw have both released their schedules for the 2022 season. Have you guys finalized your schedule yet? I don't think anything was posted yet. I. I believe i checked the other day but um has that been finalized for you guys i i think we're we're finalizing the last little bit i think there's a non-conference game that we're working on okay. um so i you know i haven't seen the full-blown final schedule yet i know i i was talking about it with some of the players today and and with coach Haynes, our head coach a little bit um and also our athletic director so i think we're we're very near uh being able to release that you know awesome. hopefully here in the next few days or weeks yeah, that's good news. And now let's talk about uh, the game for you guys. And you talk about those schedule releases. Saginaw Valley, they've already released their 2022 schedule, and they're coming to Midland week three for the Axe Trophy. Mm-hmm. They obviously took that one or retained it last year from you guys. That's got to be an exciting thing to keep them as one of your non-conference opponents moving over to the GMAC. What does that game mean to those guys, and how excited are you to continue playing those guys, keep that rivalry going? Well, I think it's it's – you know we're very excited to keep it keep it going, and that was one of the major concerns uh, when the discussions of switching conferences began. You know, and and that was actually a, a very lengthy process. But um, you know, we're we're excited to to continue that rivalry. You know, we recruit against those guys. We yeah. you know their their roster and our roster. You know, a lot of kids are from the. Detroit area and the suburbs there. So they all, you know, they're either teammates in high school or played against each other in high school and things of that nature. So, uh, you know, it's, it's an exciting game. It's a fun game. Um, you know, both teams are always ready to roll when, when that game rolls around. So 
um, you know, we're excited. We'll we'll have our guys well prepared and uh, try to get that axe back where it belongs. Yeah, and that would definitely be a big one for you guys. That team really impressed me uh, last year. I mean, you guys can chime in on this too, but I thought looking at that team, the way they ran the ball, was it Tommy Scott? I believe was their was their lead back for the yeah. Mm-hmm. He was he was a solid player, and their their defense was playing pretty well in, during stints there. And to me, it felt like they were uh, a quarterback away from potentially being a team that could be a playoff team coming out of our league it felt like they had a, a lot of really solid pieces and the quarterback uh really young kid out of Brighton Colby Newberg he's a he's a great athlete but he just hasn't grown into those shoes yet for them so I'm really interested to see coach I'm sure you are too looking at their offense how they come out in uh it, during this next season but talking about a quarterback like that someone who really isn't um you know he's really the opposite of a pocket passer when you watch him play what in your mm-hmm. scheme I know you guys really like to uh unload the blitz and get after the quarterback a lot. We saw that when we played you guys and, and game plan for it. Uh, do you change anything against a quarterback like that? Do you adjust your play style or do you, do you stick to your guns and uh, kind of continue doing the same thing? Well, we're still going to run uh, an aggressive style of defense. I mean, it, you know, the, the the hardest play to defend in college football, in my opinion, is a running quarterback, regardless of whether it's a designed run or not. So that, you know, when you are playing a, a mobile quarterback, it may change what coverages you're you're calling that week uh, a little bit, so that yeah. your your back ends, you know, their backs aren't turned. You may not play as much man coverage and things like that. But um, you know, it, it's it's hard to uh, to prepare for those guys. You know, the, the running quarterback types, and so um, you know, you're you're playing eleven on eleven football when that guy's involved. Hundred so, um, percent. You know, it, but but again, we're we're gonna. We're gonna pull it back and let it rip. So hell yeah, I love that. That coach. will not change. Yeah, I love I loved watching you guys play on that side of the ball this year, and I'm I'm seriously looking forward to not only that game but just following you guys. Obviously, um, you know, throughout your GMAC season, seeing how you fared on there. I'm sure you guys will have uh, uh, a solid year down there and compete well with those guys. But again, I can't thank you enough for your time on here. I really appreciate it, Coach. It's been great. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. Appreciate Absolutely. you, Coach. Yep, thanks for coming on, Coach. Yeah, good luck to all you guys. I appreciate Thank it. Um, I'll be like I said, right. I'll be following you guys and I'll be in touch. You have a good one. Great having Coach Mack on the show. Really excited to talk to him about Northwood and the uh, the next steps for them moving forward. But fellas, getting into the GLIAC, Saginaw Valley, Wayne State, they've both released their schedules already. And we talked to Coach Mack and we'll talk to Bimba later about the game for the Axe, right? And for them, that's the equivalent of the Miners Cup for us, right up here, even though we all know Miners Cup is, you know, it's the it's the rivalry, even though we haven't won one in a minute. Yeah, but that's these, gonna change soon. It will, it will, and, and that's not not to say that you know we've been blown out in the past. We saw how that game ended this year, right, with sick. a touchdown in the sick, last dude. what sixteen seconds in that fourth yeah. quarter on a blown coverage. So those are the ones that are that are really tough to swallow. I think all of us can agree on that. But those games from Saginaw Valley and Northwood have they've had a bunch of those barn burners this last year. Uh, the last few years haven't really been as much, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised for that to be a real contest uh, in week three. What I did want to talk about, though, as far as the Saginaw Valley schedule is concerned, where they're out of conference games that they picked up. The first two weeks here, they're at Lindenwood, and then they host Bowie State for their first two games. Those are both playoff teams. Now, Lindenwood, did you guys watch them play Grand Valley in the playoffs? Yeah. They looked like dog water. They did not look good. But when you think about it, is are there GLVC? Is that mm-hmm. that? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you can say whatever you want about the league. If you're winning your league in Division Two and moving out of the playoffs, you you're going to be a good team. You're going to be a solid team. So, for me, Saginaw Valley picking up two 
playoff teams in 2020 or 2021, excuse me, picking up two playoff teams to start off their out of conference season. That's bold. Yeah, that I mean, is really bold. I mean, opportunities to win big big games like that don't come around so often. And when you get too early on in your season to really like boost your team, like mm-hmm. give them a lot of confidence. Like if they win those two games, and who who know who those two teams again? You said Lindenwood and Bowie State. Now, I I know Bowie State's a pretty like prominent program. Yeah, yeah. I, I, More I, than I, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They they uh they know, they know what they're, they know what they're doing over there for sure. They call themselves Windenwood. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, until they met Grand Is it, Valley. Isn't Jay going there? That that running back kid that was here? Is he, he told me he might be going there. I have no idea. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the, the transfer porter division two rumor mill. It, right, it's yeah. unreal. Um, but how much I wanted to ask you guys about this? How much of this plays into the fact that in the GLIAC right now, as it stands, you obviously have the undefeated, undisputed national championship team in Ferris State down in Big Rapids. They were fourteen and zero last year. Went on to win the national championship. You also have Grand Valley, who's been a powerhouse. Right, they made it to the second round of the playoffs, only to lose to Ferris. Now you're talking about. A team like Saginaw, who actually finished behind Michigan Tech in the league this year. Do you guys remember that? They beat, they lost to Michigan Tech by one point in the last game of the season. To actually put them behind Michigan Tech, I believe Michigan Tech was third in the conference this year, mm-hmm. which is pretty wild. I, I would not expect that. Um, but I get back to my main point here in that if you're trying to make it in the playoffs as the third team out of a league like the GLIAC, right, that already has two pretty prominent football programs, mm-hmm. I feel like adding these first two teams that are already established programs gives you a chance to get, like you said, two wins over established programs and really makes a better playoff resume for Saginaw. And I'm kind of thinking that was the whole goal in scheduling those first two. Yeah, for sure. But I don't know. We'll see. We talked a little bit. Uh, with Coach Mack about their quarterback situation. And that, for me, was one thing that was holding them back last year. Uh, Newberg, like I've talked about, is a great athlete, but their passing attack was not great. And you could say the same thing about Ferris. Remember, Jared Bernhardt did not really throw the ball proficiently. I mean, he didn't need to, though. No, he did not need to. That kid's really good. And he he was insane. You saw those runs he ripped off in the national championship game. It's ridiculous. And, you know, when you're a guy like that, sometimes you can get away with the fact that you don't throw the ball maybe as well as some other quarterbacks. So... That, that's going to be something that I'm interested to see this year and what Saginaw does. We'll talk to Bimbo later a little bit about their play style. I think we're going to see a different Saginaw Valley offense this year that caters more to that quarterback run game. He's a tough kid, but they really the running that he had this year was a lot of drop back in the pocket. If nothing's there, make something happen, mm-hmm. right? And we see a lot of, a lot of passers do that because they can make something happen, get out and scramble and make a throw, but sometimes when you can't do that or you don't have the ability quite yet to do that, he's still young too. He's my class, right? That was his first year of football. So maybe he comes out and he's just slinging the ball. I don't think anybody knows yet, but I am, uh, I'm definitely excited to see that. As far as we stand, we are, uh, let's see, week one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, week eight. They are up here at Northern. So that'll be a fun one. We obviously knew they were going to be coming here after, yeah. after last year, but that's the second to the last game of the year for us. Much Actually, it might have been the same was it the same this year? Week yep. eight? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Question mark on the end of that? Saginaw might, be, might have been week 10. Because it was back-to-back road trips with them and Ferris, I remember. Because we went Ferris, then Saginaw, then yep. Northwood. Yeah, it was, it was so it was 10. second it was to week, last. It was week 10, yeah. Yeah, okay, so then uh, looking at Wayne State's schedule, there's a couple things that I wanted to uh, check out here. They are opening up with Slippery Rock again. Slippery Rock, another playoff team, really solid program. Remember that Wayne State team this year? The best 0-6 team I've seen in my lifetime, yeah. right? Like, that team had some talent for sure. Another team that struggled at the quarterback position that I felt like really was holding them back. Do you see how many first-team all-Gliat kids that uh, Wayne State had at the end of the year? They was up there with Ferris. Right? 
and they didn't win almost any games. I was so surprised by that. And we saw that team. They were a talented squad. And we came back, thankfully, and, and won that one in, a, in an awesome fashion. That's something I'll never forget up here in the Superior Dome. They actually lost to Slippery Rock by, I want to say, like two or three points last year. Mm-hmm. It was a really close game. So I know they're going to want their revenge there. I'm sure they signed a multi-year maybe contract with them or, or something along those lines. But that's at Slippery Rock. They come back um, at home against Shaw. I'm not sure who Shaw is. Anyone heard of Shaw? Never heard of Shaw. Well, there you go. Shaw. Shout out Shaw. The other thing I wanted to talk about was that week three, they're hosting Wisconsin lacrosse. So the we're Eagles. Seeing, exactly. So we're seeing a lot more of these games. We obviously played we obviously played Oshkosh this year. And didn't Lacrosse have Grand Valley? Was yeah, that Lacrosse? La, lacrosse is a hell of a program. I they think are. they are. They are they run a good show around there. They hung with Grand Valley for a half. I remember going into halftime, that game was close, and Grand Valley obviously ended up pulling away and winning that in, in pretty dominant fashion. But I do remember looking at that score at halftime and thinking that that was quite dangerous because we had ourselves a hell of a game against Oshkosh up yeah. here. They came up here ready yeah. to play. Um, and and Lacrosse beat Oshkosh. They did? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. That, got, D, got, that D3 football in Wisconsin is it, legit. The, Wisconsin lacrosse should definitely be in Division Two. They're like Wisconsin lacrosse, Whitewater, Oshkosh. Yep. Those are all like just they're – Better than a lot of Division Two teams. hundred uh, like, percent. I, I should, would, yeah. Like they're they're playing Division Three, and it's not scholarship, but like some of those kids are like total ballers. I'd imagine you know they made I mean? a run last year in the playoffs. I didn't really follow them too closely. Uh, I think playoffs. they lost in the second round to North Central. Oh, okay. Because they beat they beat Albion, and then they lost to North Central, who's like really good. Yeah, they Albion were the winners of the MIAA down in Lower Michigan, and they had themselves a hell of a year. They've been. Uh, definitely on top of that conference the last couple of years. I know Shoot Hope, my boy Bobby Willis, man. Bobby Willis is down there. I remember Bobby. I met yeah. I met Bobby on my official visit. Yeah, I never got to boy Bobby, never man. got to be around him, but he's been balling out down there. Yeah, yeah, he was going crazy. We got some guys from my high school that that uh, played down at Albion. My boy Blaze Lauer, my quarterback, just transferred over there, so I'm excited to see what what he'll do. They have us. Uh, there we'll obviously be down in Detroit at Wayne State. Uh, week five, we're down there. So we can kind of start to piece our, our schedule together as far as looking at these conference opponents. Um, what I didn't look at, or what I didn't mention about Saginaw, is that they double up. Remember, because we're losing teams out of the conference, we're going to be doubling up some of these teams. Mm-hmm. And only one of them, like last year, only one of them will count as a conference game. Saginaw Valley doubled up Michigan Tech. That's <laughs> going to be an exciting couple of games. Like I said, Michigan Tech won that game by one point at home on their senior day in the last game of the year last year. And that game, like I said, had a lot of really big uh, you know, what do you call it? Just, you know, a really big piece to it, right? As far as the conference play is concerned, Michigan Tech winning that one, finishing third in the conference. Um, it looks like right here, Wayne State has Grand Valley twice. They have them in. It's week, a tough draw. They have them in week four. That's their rivals, though. That's like if we was a Scott Tech twice. They have them in yeah, week nine. I guess, but like. Grand yeah, Valley, right. Grand Valley. And Wayne, there's, a, there's a gap. There's a gap between those isn't that, teams. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Because they really are. They play for those track shoes. What do they call those? That trophy. I don't you know, remember? but it's literally a pair of shoes. Though. It is. It's a pair of shoes, and, that, and you're right. That's a rivalry game, but now over the last couple of years with Ferris being so dominant, you have the Anchor Bone Classic now, and I think um, that has kind of been Grand Valley's main focus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not to say that Wayne Wayne had a hell of a year in 2019. They yeah. came in second in the GLIAC. Mm-hmm. They actually beat Grand Valley in, as far as the GLIAC goes in 2019, but that program has not fallen off, but they just had a one year off. As, you know, we saw they still they have all the players. They do. They yeah. really need a quarterback. They need a guy. But, man, in 2019, Grand Valley finished fourth in the GLIAC. That was, like, falling apart for them. Do you remember that? Because Wayne State was second. Ferris was first. Ashland actually beat Grand Valley on a Hail Mary. They ended up coming in that third. such in the a league. weird, weird play. I Isn't that unreal? Cra- just weird. So those were the only things I really wanted to touch on. 
um, as far as the schedule is concerned, right? Um, anything else that, that you guys were looking at? But that's that's right now. We know that Saginaw and Michigan Tech are both doubled up and that Wayne State and Grand Valley are doubled up. So that leaves us either doubling up with, what, Ferris? I think we double up with Davenport. Uh, Chewy told us that actually before lifting one day. We're, it's, we're doubling up with Davenport. Yeah, I know our schedule. Like yeah, week three and week six, I think we're playing Davenport. So I it looks like said. we'll be we'll be uh, twice with the I ain't going to leak it, though. Y'all going to have to wait till we drop it officially. I, I, Kobe I, making a graphic. I saw something in the coach's office. I'm, I, I'm not going to say You know either. I'm making a graphic, bro. It's going to be clean, too. Yeah. Shout out, Kobe. Shout out, Manzo Media. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, but um, otherwise, that's just interesting for me to look at those and kind of see what goes into that that schedule making i know that's a there's a very long and drawn out process um other than that though i think that's all i really wanted to cover with that if we're if we're satisfied with that oh yeah for sure all right then let's get into the exciting stuff shall we yeah football nfl the divisional round of a lifetime we usually go in kind of sequential order here um so let's start with Bengals versus titans Bengals. uh i will say before we get started here three of the four away teams comes out with the win come out the wins this week Unreal. You don't see that very often. You don't see that at all. Like, seriously, at all. So that was surprising. The Bengals going to Tennessee, pick up the 19-16 to win. And like I told you, Derrick Henry struggles to get going even with 20 carries. He wasn't even the team's leading rusher because Foreman had that. He busted. Excuse me. He busted a run late in that game that actually put him ahead of Derrick Henry. <clears throat> go ahead and clear your throat. What you guys yeah, say? Yeah, I told you. Y'all could go watch the episode last week. I told y'all Cincinnati was going to Tennessee. And beating them. Yeah. Both of y'all said it wasn't happening. I told y'all. You know what I'm saying? When is I your, told y'all. When's your jersey coming in? I don't know, man. Your Burrow jersey. I my boy sent it to me. You know we locked in. <laughs> you know we locked in. I got family in Louisiana, so me and Joe been locked in for a couple years now. Do you actually? Yeah. Really? I didn't know that. Had us out there swimming in, in swamps. The water was green. <laughs> Can't go too far because it's leeches. You know what I'm saying? Eating crawfish. Joe Burrow, who actually didn't have a passing touchdown, I just realized. Threw for like Um, 347 yards. He's 28 for 37 with 350 yards and and one interception. Hard to throw a touchdown, you get second nine times. Isn't that crazy? That defensive line from Tennessee was playing off of something. I don't know what it was, but they were playing off something. And they were playing above what we've seen them play basically all year. Is that safe to say, especially as far as the yeah. pass rush is nine, concerned? I mean, the, the Bengals have a pretty weak offensive line, but nine times is like way too many times. Yeah, I think that's, we can kind hard. of lock in what the Cincinnati Bengals will be targeting in their early uh, early round offensive draft picks. line. Yeah. They should take the offensive line in the first three picks. That'd be pretty easy to lock in there. And they actually didn't run the ball extremely well either. Mixon had 14 carries, 54 yards, and, and the one touchdown. But... You know, for me, that that wasn't something that really they really excelled at for them, and it was only, you know, they weren't busting off huge runs, but it was a lot of situational running, right, where they needed it, where they needed to put the ball on the ground, yeah. and they obviously, like you said, the offensive line is definitely not a strength of theirs, but when they needed them to make plays, they got things done. So it was interesting. But what else did you see in that game? Uh, Ryan Tannehill choked the game away. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill did. did not he play did, well. Man. He did, no, I told I, you he was terrible. No, I. I'm on, the, I'm on that train it's now. Tough, Ryan is there was a pick guy. on the first play. Terrible pick on the very first play of the game. I know. I missed it. I didn't even see that one. And then he threw an even worse pick to seal their fate. To finish the game off. That was awful. He finished uh, Not with the game. To finish off their season. Yeah, that's now true. Tennessee got a first-round bye, and they watching the watching the games from the crib. That's Derrick true. Henry came back for nothing. I know. Just for them to still lose. 20 carries for Derrick Henry, 62 yards, averaging just over three yards. He at least had that one little moment with the – 
uh, what do you call it? The uh, why am I blinking? Uh, wildcat touchdown. The wildcat. The wildcat touchdown that he had. But Tannehill, three interceptions. Terrible. That's backbreaking for a team like Tennessee. Yeah, throwing three picks, you're not going to win like any games. They just like, don't generate enough offense to no. do that. I don't know 16, if any team. Sixteen does. points is not going to win you out of playoff games. No, it is not. And the fact that they're even in that game was unless impressive. you're the 49ers. Yeah, unless it's 49ers. <laughs> yeah, jeez. When your opponent scores ten. Yeah. Oh my. Who, gosh. Whose fault is that though? The Packers only scored ten points. True. True. See, that's that's where I uh, that's where I come in. And, uh, exactly. All right, you watch the, the you watch the game. All right, I'm gonna break us off. Now we're gonna talk about. You know what I'm saying? A Saturday night game. Okay. Packers versus the Niners. Thank you. I don't think nobody, nobody outside of the 49er faithful thought that they was going to get it done. Oh, I said it on the podcast. Niners. Yeah, I think Jimmy I, and I, I actually I called were. Them. I don't recall. Don't cut oh, me off. Oh, uh, please. Uh, we okay. might have to pull up the receipts yeah. on that one because Jimmy and I were pulling for that one. I cannot lie to you, Ty. Listen, Aaron Rodgers went out there and played as mediocre as you could play if you were Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron Jones choked the touchdown. I don't know why you tried to make somebody miss who you already beaten to the end zone. Yep. Packers defense play incredible, or is Jimmy Garoppolo just bad? I think a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Because, I, I, A, I don't think that Packers defense is incredible. They got a lot of credit this season because they got a lot of guys returned healthy as far as later in the season. That defense is not incredible. They didn't let up a touchdown I don't and care. lost. I, I, I That's don't care. crazy. That defense is not incredible. They've been playing decent, pretty well, but... Jimmy G. Aaron Rodgers leads a touchdown drive, very first drive. After that, and not, crickets. Hey, not only leads a touchdown drive, knife th- like hot knife through butter, like down the field. He did whatever he wanted, and I'm sitting there watching the game, like, yeah, I'm finna turn to KO because yeah, right? it's finna get ugly, right? And then you turn this it back is, on, and this you're is like, going to get ugly. What's going on? And you know what's crazy? <laughs> I'm watching the game. He throw a little route to Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes Lewis trying to make somebody miss. He looked like he running through quicksand. Fumbles the ball. That was, like, that was his only catch on the night, too, by the way. I'm like, I bet. <laughs> I'm like, man, if they come back and if they lose this game, that would be what it is. Because they was in 49er territory already. Because I think the 49ers had fumbled. Yeah. Or threw a pick or something. Jimmy G had the, uh, had the one pick, yeah. And I'm like. How about Aaron Jones, though? Aaron Jones, bogus. He had a touchdown. Nine, oh, nine catches, 129 yards. 75 of them came on one catch. Not 75. It was 75. It was 75. Is he was supposed long? to score. And he was beating up to long. the end zone. And for whatever reason, he stopped and slowed up. And then he got caught. And you know what they didn't do? Score. Because mm. the field goal got blocked. Yeah. I that's was just true. about to say that. I think personally, the, the biggest reason why the Packers lost uh, was not because of Rodgers, wasn't because of Aaron Jones, because of their teams? special teams. You really think so? Uh, the, 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 the biggest play of the NFL season, arguably, was that. Blocked punt, like how bizarre is that? You cannot let that happen. No, like you, you all you have to do is get the punt off, and you're gonna win the game because the Niners' offense has not done anything. Tell that to Michigan a couple years. Nothing. Ago. Oh yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just it's disgusting. Like if I mean I have no sympathy for Packers fans whatsoever because <laughs> I mean I'm a Bears fan, I'm miserable, and the Bears suck every year. But um, yeah, the Packers' special teams just completely blew the game. Like, and that was. The biggest part of it for the for them. For yeah, sure. the 49ers offense just couldn't seem to get things going. Elijah Mitchell had a handful of carries. He had 17 carries, actually. Debo Samuel had 10 carries. Not even talking about receptions. He had three receptions as well. But, I mean, the dude's transferring over to a running back at this point. Well, you got Jair Alexander out there. It's hard to try to get somebody some catches. Very true. That he's, they definitely put their best. But they best definitely best. have, like, put him in the backfield a lot. Oh, they have. And I feel it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to get your playmakers the ball in space. Yep, yep. 
hundred percent. But he didn't like do well crazy. with those. Like they're just lining him up and running back and running regular run concepts. There's I know. No, there's no trick show back there. Couple nice plays for my guy Huschek. He's fun to watch. He was uh, he came up clutch on a couple convert third down conversions. I like Huschek. I love watching that man play. Harvard alum, <laughs> Ivy League. Shout smart, out Ivy smart League. Guy. Smart guy. Oh, yeah. Shout Early. out all the smart people. <laughs> um, one guy with no receptions here. Ayuk. Zero catches. Zero catches. He had a catch, but he dropped it. He did. And they was going to try to call it a fumble. Really? I don't remember that. Yeah. I didn't get to watch much of that game, admittedly. I think that's um, the play. I think what? they caught it a fumble. No, they had caught it an incomplete pass, but it should have been a fumble. Though. Did they? Yeah. yeah. I, I know what play you're talking about. I know what play you're talking about. So that game was obviously unreal. The 49ers going out to play the Rams, and right now it feels like the 49ers just everyone's kryptonite. Talk about the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is, what, 0-4 in the playoffs against San Francisco? Well, Rodgers yeah. is just a choker in general. So, <laughs> I mean, we, it's, 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 that has been declared. Aaron Rodgers is not a winner. That is, I hope Aaron Rodgers hears this. I mean, I'm just some guy sitting on my couch talking into a microphone, but Aaron Rodgers is not a winner, and he does not seem like he ever will be. Aaron Rodgers. What about if he goes to Denver? Listen, Aaron. Aaron, you're the greatest talent. You have the greatest arm talent the NFL has ever seen. I hate you, but I respect you because I respect game. You know? I never forgive you for – uh, I never really hated you until you – um, it's like fourth and 16, and you decided to throw a touchdown against the Bears to knock us out the playoffs. So after that, I could never forgive you for that. Tough one. But I do think you're a, a, a hell of a quarterback, and and it's just sad, you know. Just you got, you playing just, some music behind this. You or? don't you don't have any weapons, you know. You only got Devontae <laughs> Adams, the best receiver, Aaron Jones, top fifteen running back, AJ Dillon, top top twenty running back. You know, just no weapons out there. It's, you only had what the second best defense in the league, and they didn't allow an offensive touchdown. You scored one touchdown. But shout out Aaron Rodgers, though. Shout out our cheese heads. The big cheese heads. Ryan Johnson, big cheese head. Let's go. Oh, uh, I gave RJ like three phone calls on Saturday night. Did I, you? I was letting him hear it. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, let's go to the other NFC matchup real quick. We got these two other games left. Uh, Rams go in and get the win in Tampa Bay. That was a huge one. And a lot of people were not seeing that. Even when they were up 27 to 3, right? We were talking about this today. Yeah. And you're watching that game. You're like, this game is not over, right? Because Tom Brady's on the other sideline. Sure Put the receipts. I said the Rams was winning. I said it. <laughs> I sure enough, that game, that game did come down to uh that last series, and we saw Stafford go down and, and spike the ball and get that uh amazing throw off to Cooper Cup, put the team on his back in that, was that a moment. Horrible play call by Todd Bowles. It was interesting. Terrible. It was Terrible. interesting. Terrible you call a call. cover zero yeah. slot blitz. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's Matt Stafford, who's already thrown for like 300 yards. And who actually, when you look at the stats, has the best numbers against the Blitz in the NFL. I thought, I thought it was Burrow. Was it? Burrow had a good... Like, no, I don't, I don't, Burrow against the Blitz is like the worst yeah, quarterback no, in the I, NFL. Against pressure, I I think he... I thought... I'm almost positive. I saw something about PFF today on Twitter that he was like the best quarterback against pressure in the league. Well, I just you know saw something from PFF I'm telling you, yesterday about Stafford. Joe Burrow is thing. the worst quarterback against pressure. <laughs> I'm just going to pull something up. I could, I could. No, no I, go for it. I'm, there's no need for me to bet right now. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I just. Smart man. Last time we did this, I actually would have won the bet. Remember? What was it? I forgot what it was about. Yeah, but, I mean, I it's funny that I'm saying this now, but we can go back and look at the footage if we yeah, really need sure. to. Wow. But looking at, uh, at that game, obviously with Brady being eliminated, we just talked about Aaron Rodgers being uh, thrust out of the playoffs there. This is going to be the first time since 2009 that Tom Brady and or Aaron Rodgers will not be in a conference championship game. And I love saying that. That came off my tongue just fantastically. I think that Tom great. Brady is going to retire. You really think so? Yeah. 
I don't think. I don't I, think so. Like, there's no. We didn't, um, didn't weep, Tyshawn. Look at that stat. There's no. Uh, they literally just the posted Blitz. he was like the 26th best quarterback. You can't zero pressure. Joe Burrow. PFF grade versus the Blitz, 93.3, number one in the NFL. Damn. It literally just said he was the 26th best quarterback against pressure. I, the just, same people. I saw I saw it from the this, same This account. is January 26, 2022 at 4 p.m. That was yesterday. That's crazy. Um, bro, bro, I'm telling you. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I'm not pulling this, you know what I'm saying, no, I, out I, of thin air. I'm I, yeah. telling you from the yeah. same account. Like, yeah, Joe Burrow's like the 26th <laughs> best quarterback against pressure. Just blitz him, you know? Yeah. But anyways, I think Tom Brady going to retire. Aaron Rodgers is going to leave. Aaron Rodgers is going to the Steelers. Or really? Denver seems to be the spot everyone's talking about. Denver or Mile High. Mm, I'd say no, I, I don't see him Denver. going to Denver. I think he is. Because the Packers, they just signed the Packers up as super, He's not going to win a Super Bowl in Denver. Aaron Rodgers want to win. He's going to go somewhere where he got a shot to win. He got a better chance in Pittsburgh or maybe even Cleveland if they pull off some crazy sign and trade and Cleveland just thirsty for one Super Bowl. You think so? Just out with Baker Cleveland's and Cleveland's defense could do it with Rodgers. And with uh, with Jarvis and Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt, yeah. I mean, they, they could they could. I mean, I'm not saying they will, but they, they could pull it off. They could do it with Baker. Uh, I don't know about Baker's that. terrible. Get him out of there. Remember though, he's I, playing I don't know if with the torn freaking. I don't, what, know, if I can call, I don't know if I can call Baker Mayfield terrible, but he's definitely not going to win a Super Bowl. He's not I, Aaron Rodgers, and he's not no. going to win a Super Bowl by himself. Baker Mayfield's one of those guys. It's like yeah, but like, exactly. you know what I mean. Like I don't like, know why Aaron Rodgers don't go to my. Oh, never mind. They got two. They yeah. like two. Uh, two is not the answer. Dude. I don't know. If I, they I, would, lo- I don't I, know if they love him down there like that. I would. I would. I would. You know what? Aaron Rodgers can pack his bags and go to the AFC East. I, that'd be great. That'd be. Fantastic, I would love that. I it? would like to play against him as least as uh, possible. That'd that'd be, that would just be fantastic. Yeah. I'm with you about that'd, that. That'd be great. Because <laughs> then the the, the, the the excuse me the division will be open next year. Which yeah, that'd be the Bears division. It I sounds like I promise it would you it would be. Yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see the, we'll Vikings see what, uh, are not, the Vikings are not good. We'll see what MCDC has to say about that. If Jared Goff is your starting quarterback, Jared Goff's it's wraps. QB1, man. It's not happening, dude. Yeah, he'll probably be QB1 again. I can't lie there. But let's go to the most exciting game of the weekend. That would be Bills versus Chiefs. The Chiefs, the only home team to win this weekend, and some of them would say possibly a little bit undeservedly. But I I don't know if you can really You can't back, say undeservedly. You can't, right? you can't you back that You said they got lucky because exactly. they won the coin toss. So, no, and, there's know, no luck in there. Hold on. but just, The coin toss is just like For luck. those who maybe didn't catch the end of it, I don't know what you were doing or if you just are not on social media whatsoever. But, you know, the finish of that game, obviously, in overtime, they win the coin toss. Josh Allen able to do nothing but sit and watch as his defense not, defense not only lets them with 13 seconds left get into field goal range and force overtime, but then to proceed to go into overtime, let them drive right down the field and score to finish the game. Now, you know, if this were college, the Bills would get a shot, and then you go on and on, therefore, and out, maybe do the two-point conversion thing or whatever. But right there, the game's over in the NFL, and that has been the speculation all weekend is, you know, does this rule need to be changed? And there have been proponents of both sides of the argument. Where do we where do we stand? So I feel like the Chiefs kind of got redemption almost on this whole rule because I don't know if you guys remember the 2018 AFC Championship game. Uh Almost the identical thing happened where it was at Arrowhead, but the Patriots won the coin toss in overtime. They went down, and Rex Burkhead scored a touchdown to win the game. Yeah, and the Chiefs and the Chiefs d- didn't get a shot, and they were they were the ones complaining about the whole rule. And now, actually, I actually respected Andy Reid a lot for this because everyone was saying like, "Oh, like the Bills." Were, Josh Allen said, but he's like, "Oh, we'd be celebrating too if." Oh, it's the right if, answer. Yeah, yeah and then the right Andy Reid was honestly like saying like, "Yeah, like we we could maybe consider changing the rule because now that the Chiefs have been on both sides of it, it's like." You know what I mean? It, it, it does suck for the Bills a lot because Josh Allen could not have played better. Dude, he played his mind off. No, like, not to it, say Patrick Mahomes had an unreal oh, game I mean, as Mah- well. I mean, Mahomes played better because he won. And yeah. He, you know what I mean? But, but I mean, Allen. Josh Allen played 
you couldn't have played better. I mean, no, not at all. I think the Bills' defense is just to blame for that. Okay, right? so this is why I'm about to tell y'all that the rule doesn't need to be changed. Right? Okay, okay. So you're agreeing on this? You guys are no, agreeing I, on I, this? I, I don't really know. About I like the whole this. Rule look thing. at look yeah. what we're doing here. The this real, is nice. The rule shouldn't be changed. <laughs> just off the strength of okay, it's 13 seconds left <laughs> on the 25 yard line. Yep, setting the scene. It's, it's in my head here. Let me close my. You know what I'm saying. They throw a two-yard pass to Tyreek Hill. He covers 30 yards in four seconds. Yes. Freak athlete. Okay, <laughs> call crazy. timeout. Now they what around midfield. Then you let Travis Kelsey. Audible that shit. Just run whatever he wanted to. Yeah. Get in the field goal range. Unreal. Boom. Think about this. Let, let me let me put this into perspective for you. The Chiefs ran two plays to get from the 25 in the field goal range yeah. in less time than when Dak Prescott ran a QB Draw and got ran into by the ref, you know. <laughs> and I, so okay, uh, on the coin toss, sure, okay. The Chiefs won the coin toss. Can I tell you something? Tell me something. The Bills ranked number one in total defense, scoring defense, and some they were the best defense in the NFL in those categories this year. You know what I'm saying? They were the That's best wild. defense. I did in not the, know that statistically, yeah, statistically. You know? Obviously, not, the best not defense in, that moment. in the NFL. Yeah. And they got scored on. Like, not just scored on either. 42 points. They got embarrassed. Like, uh, but I'm talking about that drive. They yeah, that's what, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not, we should change the rule because their defense could have got a stop. The only time that the rule needed to be changed was way back when, when all you needed was a field goal to win yeah, the game. Yeah, that was, that was, that was bogus. That was bad. That was bogus. But right now, as far as, Oh, give the other team a chance, or we should just play a ten minute period and whoever yeah. winning at the end. The only thing I'll argue as far as this goes, and I, I would agree with you, the defense needs to step up there. But the only thing I would argue in the face of the opposition of this argument is that this is where the game is going, right? We want these dynamic battles between quarterbacks, between offensive skill players on both sides of the ball, and when you go to that brand and that style of football, eventually you're going to have these shootout type of games, right? And they're very yeah. entertaining, they're fun to watch, and that's where the NFL and college football especially is going. With that, I would not be surprised if something changes because that's the type of rule change that would encourage this type of football, right? Yeah, it would encourage the type of football, but get a stop. Like, that's all <laughs> it is, bro. Get a stop, bro. Get a stop. Get a stop. You know? No, I, I love it. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. I think defense is as much as part of this game as offense is, and you cannot neglect one side of the ball and, that's and the what importance I'm saying. of that. They, yeah. would, they would make it to where – all right, now it don't matter who get the ball. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. because you're going to get a chance regardless. It don't matter. Yeah. Just get a stop. And to I'm me, with you. it's I'm only with you. in playoff games where defenses just choke. When it's, when it's the regular season, you saw it. You a Lions fan. The Steelers and the Lions both had the ball like four times in overtime. <laughs> and nobody ever scored. So just because it's a playoff thing, no, get a stop. Because plenty of other teams get stops and win games in overtime. I'm with Get you. A stop, bro. I'm with you. And on that note, so, we'll head over to our second guest of the day. We've got Bimba Tankara. So let's head over to that conversation with the linebacker from Northwood. All right, back-to-back guests from Northwood. Now we're being joined by the number 36, the freshman linebacker from Northwood, who I believe was uh, all GLIAC honorable mention this year. Had a few solid games, had a good game against us, uh, Northern Michigan. And dude is a physical monster on the field. Personal friend as well, Bimba Tankara. Bimba, what's going on, my boy? What's going on? How you been, Kobe? Fantastic, brother. I'm missing you, bro. I haven't I haven't seen you in a minute. Drew came out to visit me up here, but uh, I got I got to get you up here, bro. I know it's been a while. You know, it's a little trip. Up, and you know, it's uh, <laughs> not easy to 
not even to make it up to the youth every yeah. week. But we'll get you up here for the fourth, though, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, I'll be there. That'll be a fun one. That'll, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to this summer up here. That'll be fun. But um, yeah. as far as you guys, we just talked to Coach Mack for about 15 minutes. I uh, had a good conversation with him, and he seems like he seems like the man, dude. I really I really enjoyed talking to him. Yeah, Coach Mack, that's my guy, man. He's just like a goon. Like, I don't know how to explain it. But <laughs> he was talking about how young you guys were on the defensive side of the ball this past year, and I guess I just didn't really realize the extent of which that went. I knew you guys obviously lost a decent amount, especially on that D-line. But, I mean, yeah. he was just telling me some of the numbers as far as how many guys were taking their first snaps collegiately like you and how many guys that was yeah. their first true games playing. I mean, th that had to have been yeah. unreal. Yeah, it definitely was unreal. And even me as a guy uh, coming in, a young guy, I wasn't even aware of how many uh, guys were getting their first snaps. You know, we didn't really have a season here before. So, I mean, uh, some guys, it seemed like they knew what they were doing. And so I wasn't all the way sure. But, yeah, we were real young. Um, a lot of guys taking first snaps. Um, we were unhealthy a little bit. So guys coming in and out and things, trying to figure things out. But Yeah, we, I mean, we know a little bit about uh, being unhealthy up here, don't we, guys? We lost. Uh, yeah, we had a we had a couple pretty big injuries. We lost. Uh, we lost. Yeah, a I few. broke my ankle in the game. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That we, injury, but sometimes it just gets you. Yeah, definitely, just gets you from behind. <laughs> <laughs> but we we went through a lot of that too. Um, the running back room, especially. But I mean, really, all of our team, we had some we had some major issues and started like in camp. Like that was some of yeah. the most injuries we've had right in camp. Bat, you had Kobe, bro. We had a, we had a running back tears ACL like the first day of practice. Shit. Man, bro, but crazy. but I mean, thinking about that, and I, I really have not seen, um, and I've never started a season like that with that many prominent injuries. You know, excluding myself, we had some other guys. I remember Caleb on the D line had a nasty knee injury in that first week, and we had a couple other guys that were going down. I think. Do you just attribute that to you know not really playing any live snaps in such a long time? What do you think goes into that, dude? I think that's like that, that's definitely the case. I'm not playing any live snaps in a really long time, um, and then even in that year off of football, it wasn't like so many times we could really get together as a team. You know what I'm saying? Especially yeah. With COVID and things and protocols, and so um, I think that played a real big part into a lot of people's injuries. Yeah. No, you're you're definitely right. And I was talking to uh, Coach Mack about uh, your schedule, hopefully getting out. And um, he said that you go, you guys were finalizing it, um, and that you were looking potentially for one more out of conference game. Um, and I, I'd have to imagine you ain't got to say nothing or you know uh, indict yeah. yourself here, but I got to imagine you've got a good idea of what's that what that's looking like right now. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously with the GMAC, we know the teams are playing with the GMAC. And yeah. then I've heard some things about some other teams who are supposed to be picking up. Obviously, the act ball with Saginaw. Yep. Um, we got to yep. keep that going. Um, and so I'm honestly not entirely sure what the final schedule is looking like, but um, I just know that we're excited and we're ready to roll. Yeah, for sure, bro. And I was talking to him about that act ball. I mean, that for you, I'm trying to think it was. I mean, they got you guys decent this last year. Was it like twenty or something? Yeah. But it was it was a game, though. I remember it was no yeah, it was yeah, no definitely. blowout. And that was at their place, correct? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That blowed at their place, and uh, for a really long time in the game, it was definitely a game until late fourth quarter, you know. And so yeah, and that's that how those games are supposed to be for sure. Exactly, that was something tough losing that actual. especially yeah. for me. Uh, I got a cousin that uh, played at Saginaw some years back, so. A little more, uh, uh, like important to me, I guess. To get that yeah, outside. a little personal. I like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm excited to see what you guys do this year with them because 
I was saying earlier, I, I was impressed by their team as far as they just felt like pretty, like a pretty complete team. I think they were, uh, you know, a, a solid, and I want to say Colby Newberg is a great athlete. The guy who plays quarterback for them, as I'm, I'm sure you know who that is. Um, but he yeah. just, uh, their, their passing offense this year just wasn't really very prominent. So I, I'm interested to see how they come out scheme wise and how they kind of adapt. <clears throat> excuse me, and kind of if he is going to be the starter again this year, if they're going to change their offensive scheme a little bit and have him running the ball in a lot more structured ways than just simply like getting rushed and trying to pull off some some miracle and run around. Yeah, that's definitely going to be interesting to see because, to see, you know, um, they had a pretty good receiver core, so they can work something in with him getting uh, a good running game and uh, uh, trying to connect to those receivers. I mean, yeah. they should have a, a good offense for you to come for sure. For sure. How do you like playing in that defense from Coach Mack where he's what, – what did he say, Jimmy, something along the lines of like uh, – I don't know, what I forget what he called it. Aggressive. Yeah, he yeah, said aggressive and just like uh, you know, letting the dogs loose basically like that. Yeah, yeah. what is it like yeah. playing in that kind of defense where a lot of the times you get to you get to really dial up the blitz and dial up the pressure on some of these opposing quarterbacks? No. Hey, it's a lot of fun. I'll tell you that. You know, I love blitzing. I love getting in the backfield. So uh, Coach Mack gives us opportunities to make plays almost every play. You know what I'm saying, and so um, just getting that uh, go or green light from him, yeah, I don't know, just like a rush and excitement, you know, and um, making plays in the backfield is fun. So I don't know, just like that aggressive. Just we're not afraid of anybody. We're gonna come, give you all I got. Yeah, it's, just, it's nothing like it. Are you a bull rush guy? You're definitely a bull rush guy. Yeah, it depends. You know, what I mean, oh, I, yeah. I want to mix it up a little bit. You know, what I'm saying bull rush, maybe hit him with a move. You never know. I like I keep that. You guessing right. I like that, bro. Yeah, as a running back, that's I feel like that's definitely the toughest thing if you got someone who can do it both, right? Because somebody who is yeah. strictly bull rush tie out, they're probably getting cut, right? That's assuming yeah, is what's exactly. going to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you got a couple moves in you and you show you got a little bit of shake, that makes the the job for any pass protector a lot harder. Um, and I'm I'm excited to uh, well, you know, hopefully we get you guys if it's not. Next season, then, you know, somewhere down the line, we can get you in out of conference because I'd like to play against you guys sometime. But, um, no, yeah, you know, that would be a lot of fun. It is what it is. We'll, we'll, we'll get her figured out. But otherwise, looking at your league, you got teams like Ashland, Finley, Tiffin, um, you know, a couple other teams that I'm missing, Kentucky Wesleyan, Walsh, those type of teams. Uh, that's a lot more spread out than the GLIAC is. And that'll be something that's pretty interesting for you guys. We didn't really talk to Coach Mack about that too much. Is the travel is going to be um, a little bit different for you guys. Now, it wouldn't be like driving from the UP, say, to Ohio or Kentucky or whatever, yeah. but it'll still be uh, it'll be it'll still be interesting for you guys. I think it's almost like the UP trips for you guys have been flipped, and now they're going to be to the south. Yeah, um, a couple games we're going to um, definitely be traveling a little bit. Um, like that kentucky Westland game, some yeah. games in like Columbus and things like that, Ohio Dominican and things like that. So uh, those games in Columbus will be. I uh, sorry to cut you off. Those games in Columbus will be pretty exciting for you, know? Yeah, exactly. I got a lot of family in Columbus, so yeah, uh, that'll definitely be really exciting. Uh, see a lot of my family members up. But just being back in Ohio in general makes it more accessible for my family to make the games and things. So I'm super excited about um, the traveling and all that for the next year. That's awesome, bro. I'm I'm excited for you because that's uh that's super important. Having your family out at all those games, I'm sure they're super excited to uh to get to come watch and and, and support you in all of those. Um, as far as I don't know how much you've been uh, around and involved in the process, but as far as your your recruiting class goes for this year, we're coming up on signing day in what just a couple weeks now, guys. Right? It's it's 
inching yeah. up on. It's pretty close here. And I'm seeing the timeline right now, at least I run the Northern football account, and it feels like every day we've got, you know, a couple more guys that are we're adding into the fold here. What is your class shaping up like, and what, what kind of position groups are you guys going after really hard? So, um, so far, uh, I think it's pretty, pretty good. We've been getting a lot of recruits coming up every week, overnight visits and things, you know, showing them, telling them what it's like at Northwood and things like that. Yeah. Um, uh, for the, I know we, I know I'm like more uh, into like like the defense, you know what I'm saying? So I kind of know what's yeah. going on on defense. Um, I think we're trying to hit the DB room a little bit, D line room. Um, not too many backers, maybe like one more backer, I think, because you know it's a pretty deep room, but deep group in general. Yeah, sweet. But for the most part, for the most part, I think it's good. You know, we're starting to get commits flowing in. You know, as we get closer and closer to the deadline, so things are looking good. You know, I fully trust what the coaches are putting together, and I'm excited for the future. Love it, bro. I heard Johnny was doing some uh, recruit visits. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Johnny's always uh, taking the, uh, the kids on tour. Guys, that is you know, hilarious, dude. I campus. would, I'd pay good money to uh, to watch that. I feel like he'd be really good at it, though. He's a natural. For yeah, us, definitely for sure. Yeah, he's a natural. You know how Johnny be. Is. I, but, I would, I would love to see you showing around some recruits, though. I feel like that'd be hilarious. <laughs> you'd be the man for that. Yeah, I get. You like hosting them I or no? Would, you usually get some. Yeah. I mean, I like hosting them. It was cool overnight, you know what I'm saying? I like to give the kids, like, kind of like the real raw, you know what I'm saying? What it's like here and things and what to, what to expect. So, yeah. not necessarily like the whole, um, I don't know, maybe a politically correct way to do it, you know? No, I, I get you. But, I get you. And I, I have always yeah. appreciated that. I'm sure you the same way, like, coming out of high school. I didn't really yeah. care, like, you know. Everyone, there's a lot of the same things that go around in a lot of colleges, but what's it going to be like? You're going to be here for four years. Like, you ain't going to exactly, go out and party yeah. every night. Like, what are the practices and the school going to be yeah. like? and Obviously, yeah, that's a big exactly. part for you guys. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, that's that's really all I got for you, brother. I appreciate you coming on for a little bit and uh, and chatting it up with us. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm excited to follow you guys. You know, I will be, um, even though I won't probably be able to make it any games or nothing. But I'll be uh, I'll be watching you guys closely, man. Yeah, man. Of course, uh, pleasure to be on. Great talking to you, man. Can't wait to see what you guys do next year with Northern the Gliac. How yeah. that how that pans out. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I'm I'm gonna see you soon at Hell some yeah. point. So. Oh, you know it, bro. But, you know it. I'll yeah. see you. I'm glad we finally got you on here, bro. Yeah, for sure. You can't be good. holding that over me anymore. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. yeah. All right, brother, but I'll see you. Seriously, thank you. All right, man. Have a good one. Thank All right, I'll you. talk to you. Good conversation with Bimba. Glad to have the uh, the Northwood gang on today. Both of those guys were uh, were solid conversations now. But um, back onto the NFL side of things, there really isn't any big college football news as, as far as I'm aware of, guys. Oh, I saw that uh, Jackson Darden wrote it. Ole Miss. He did. I told you. I'm a novice. Yeah. <laughs> Tyshawn's the plug in the, in the recruiting game for us. You, you can be the recruiting insider for, for yeah. D1R. And Wisconsin has emerged as quiet contenders for Caleb Wood. I did see that on Twitter. I saw that, that as well, actually. I can't lie to you. That, my, uh, I, my, one of my buddies actually plays receiver at Wisconsin. That'd be just huge for him. I mean, obviously. It'd be Remember that great. first game that Graham Mertz had? He And people are ready to put him on a throne and crown Yeah, he was. He no, was he, what, he, what, what, he, Graham Mertz. He's 2023, he, he number stinks. one quarterback prospect. And now Unreal. he's just terrible. Unreal. He just but, dropped, dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah, Caleb Williams is going to USC. I don't – he would have no reason to go any – I don't know why he would go anywhere but, else. But back on the NFL uh, side the of things – play with Braylon Allen, though, in oh, Wisconsin. Okay. Like, Braylon Allen could be, like, a Heisman contender this year. That's, That's crazy. a running back. Caleb Williams want to throw the ball. I know. I'm just – True. But you're right, though. Like, that just, was, it just oh, – the offense is just – Isn't that the one that was, like, 17 years old this year? Yeah, he's – now he just turned he just 18. just turned 18. Yeah, but, like, right, dude. Crazy. Yeah. That's unreal. Yeah, it's nuts. That is unreal. That's, that's crazy. I was 19 heading into my freshman year. Think about that yeah. of college. That's uh, unreal. Um, but back on the NFL side of things, coaching hires and retires is what I, I 
That's why I typed up here. I thought that was pretty clever. A little bar. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> but um, as far as that goes, the Bears, Jimmy, are hiring Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus as their new head coach. I hope I did not uh, butcher your name, Mr. Eberflus, but I have uh, respectfully never heard of you. No, yeah. I, uh, and maybe that's a good thing. Perhaps. So, right? I have some insider information because I love it. I don't know if you guys know this, but a lot of my friends go to Indiana University. No, I did not. And uh, I probably three from my buddies go down there, and all their friends are Colts fans. Okay. Well, fair enough. And yeah. they're all saying, like, yeah, get this guy out of town. Like, what is he doing? Like, he should not be calling the defense, and the Bears just hired him. So if if the fans okay. in Indy like don't so like love this guy, if like, Jimmy, if Jimmy's boys are not all in on Everfest, like, see like I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge a book by its cover here. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna listen to some college these college kids during a fraternity that play football. They don't know anything about football. <laughs> I'm just saying like I've just heard around town. That yeah, this guy's not really now, beloved. By that's more insider info yeah. than I got. Me yeah. being a football novice, the Colts had a pretty. Good defense. No, I completely they, they, agree. That's why I, I was kind of, I was, I was almost kind of surprised. And I'm happy. I'm really happy that they hire a, a defensive coach. Are you? Because now you hire an offensive coordinator who gets to dedicate his life to Justin Fields. And maybe we lose yeah. him in a couple years, but at least he made Fields what he's supposed to be. That's a great point because they have more time and less other responsibilities to devote to the other side of the ball and you to know? the franchise as a whole. And that, that's why I'm glad. And to be honest, the Bears defense was terrible. This year, oh, it wasn't great. It, was, it can't get it, much no. better than uh, mm, I'm not even gonna try to. I'm, I ain't gonna what, do it like that. Isn't is Desai? Yeah, Sean Desai or something. Desai, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't correct you there. I so, really couldn't. He 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 won a terrible. I don't, I'm, I guess it won a terrible play caller, but I guess they were they weren't healthy. I mean, the Bears secondary is also. We had terrible too. depth. Yeah, yeah. but Eberflus. I watch Hard Knocks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's a pretty cool dude. I like him. Upbeat. You know, players seem to I'll like him. I'll have to watch that now. I'm kind of curious. About I would so like to see that as well now. Just to find out who he is. You know? Now, so, like I told you, though, you don't hear his name in headlines. You don't hear his name from many no. interviews, whatever. No. You know, that could potentially be a good thing. Because yeah. sometimes when you hear about guys, you know, a lot of people think all, you know, all press is good press. But you keep your name out of the press. You switch, put your head down and get your job done. I'm assuming that's got to be the type of guy that he is because... He's not in the headlines. He ain't in the paper. I mean, we don't live in Indianapolis, but you're not hearing headlines yeah. about this guy. That's the first time I've heard his name. Yeah. And he's so, bringing over the Colts linebacker coach. Is he really? Yeah, What's the Colts got some pretty nice linebackers. Yeah, Darius, Darius Leonard, Leonard never. Yeah. I don't oh, know if you ever heard of him. I, I know who Darius Leonard is. Talk about yeah. the coach. Yeah, they bring in a coach. I don't know the coach. I don't. Hey, really bring in Darius Leonard coach. with him. I wish he was. Bring DeForest Buckner with him too while he's at it. No, it's cool. We got Robert Quinn and, oh, okay, and okay, Khalil okay. Mack. So I have another. You couldn't use Buckner. Oh, no, we could use yeah, Buckner I was going to say, you sure. could use Buckner for sure. Yeah, for sure. I have for another, sure, uh, sure. some more insider information on Matt Aberfluss. So, I know, I'm sure you guys, I'm sure Tyshawn knows this, Kobe, you may as well. The owners are like the McCaskey family, George House, and like his his daughter, Virginia McCaskey, is like the, like the owner of the franchise. I don't know that. And so, Matt Aberfluss, his sister, married into the McCaskey family. Wow. So, Wait. I don't know how, this, whoa, we, we whoa, can, we can they, so, there could be some favors going on right here. Wait a minute. Which I don't like love. I don't, so I don't sister, love that. Hold on, let me get this straight. The sister married into the family that owns the Bears franchise. Siblings. Crystal McCaskey. There okay. you have it right All there. All right, let me tell you this. Can I tell you all something else? Yeah. So, my, my friends were freaking out when they saw I that. I guess They're like pissed. Bill Polian, there for whatever no reason. way. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty rattled about it. That's big honest. time. What? No, Jim. Yeah, that's no, big Jim, listen. I'm surprised yeah, I have not seen that anywhere. What is, what is Bill Polian to the Bears? I guess he's like in the Bears. So the McCaskies, they wanted... Um, who like? But Pullen's a scout. It's, I two, think, it's two sides that wanted um 
Everflus? Two different coaches. No, oh, okay. nobody wanted Everflus <laughs> except the Bears general manager. That's why I like the hire. Yeah, because he married his daughter. One, no, one, not the general manager, the, general the owners. Oh, different. The owners, one sorry, side different. wanted Jim Caldwell. The yeah. other side wanted Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn's not taking any uh, inter- uh, coaching But that's who they wanted, though. Yeah. Do you see that, though? And I'm yeah, glad I didn't get that. that. I don't want Dan Quinn. I do not Jim want Caldwell, Dan What do you feel Quinn. about Jim Caldwell, though? And a lot of people are calling for him to be back in the league. I don't, to, I, I don't know. It's been a while. It has been a while. It's been a while. But he's overqualified to that be kinda, a That kind of smells yeah. like John Fox to me. Yeah, but really? you know, you know a I mean? really old coach, you know. But he, not a bad coach. No. He, he did pretty well as a head but coach. But he, he, I don't feel like he will put the, the, the Bears over the, over the hill. Yeah. Maybe you know, not. I just feel like. I really like the, the general manager, especially where you're coming from and how fast he ranked up within the okay. Chiefs organization. And he was really high on um, Patrick Mahomes. He was really high on Justin Fields. Obviously, they weren't going to ju- draft Justin Fields because they yeah, had, of course. you know what I'm saying, Patrick Mahomes. But he really sees personnel, and he tends to get that right, you know. So I trust in him. If he like Everfluss, I like Everfluss. He can't be you much ride, worse than you're Matt. Riding with no, I, you riding with him. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm, I'm, glad on, the, I'm on the Everbus. <laughs> Or the I, think we got, I think we got something going here with this, the Abbott <laughs> That was quick. I like that. Yeah. I like, I like that, too. that. Yeah. Shout out my boy, King yeah. R. He put me on with that one. Okay. Everbus. Okay. I like that, bro. We got uh, to finish it up here, just a couple more final notes here. Um, Sean Payton announcing that he's going to step away from the Saints and not necessarily saying that he's done entirely with the, with the NFL as a whole with the entity, but saying right now it felt like the right the right time to step away from the Saints. And I think when he what he meant to say by the right time was that he ran up the salary cap on them and ran up the debt and how he's about to yeah. run out of town. Yeah. When he found out that uh, that Taysom Hill deal was legit. I feel like... I that's only there. year by year, though. It, well, yeah, it's supposed to be voidable year. every year, but uh, he's getting paid. Listen, listen, listen. I'd have got out of there, too. Would you? Is is no... It's a dumpster fire. There's no way... Kind of hard, man. Which is know. so crazy to think about, man. They've been such a perennial contender in, in that side of the, the NFC. But, but it, 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 can't, it, it was going yeah. to come a time where... You run out of money, and they've run out of money. They have, and now they're going to be. I think for the next couple of years, they might be reeling because of that. They will be reeling for the. They will be the Atlanta Falcons for the next couple of years. Damn, that's so sad. I don't know about you guys. I just I hate to see that from that from that franchise. No, but, I'm a fan of the Bears, so I don't feel nobody. I don't feel bad <laughs> yeah, for nobody. I don't, for I don't feel bad for anybody. Maybe the Lions like a little bit because like, I don't even feel like, bad for just, the Lions because the Lions are just so bad. It's just like I don't feel uh, bad yeah. for the Lions. I yeah, hope they we'll lose see, every game for the rest yeah. of their eternity. I like Dan Campbell, though. Oh, okay. That's nice. And I like DeAndre Swift. Oh, okay. That's nice. Jamal Williams is a pretty funny guy. Okay. Not, not really huge on him. You'd definitely be Brown. a Hawkinson guy. Oh, yeah. I mess with TJ. Yeah, I know you do. He's yeah. awesome. I rock with TJ. Um, like but finally, to finish it up here, Big Ben out of Pittsburgh. We talked a little bit about potentially Aaron Rodgers going to fill that spot. People have been speculating as far as, um, oh, my gosh, why am I? Uh, Deshaun Watson. I don't know why I was blanking there. But Deshaun Watson being a Pittsburgh guy, right, being that Russ Bout kind of that tough, like, inner-city iron worker type of quarterback. You know I don't what I mean, for lack how. of a better term? I don't term. think he would want to go to Pittsburgh. Maybe not, but if they're going to pay him, does it matter? He already got his contract. From He's still getting paid? Yeah, they re, they re-signed him to, like, some mega deal. Did they actually? Yeah, the Texans, before all of this stuff came out, they had I already, not remember they that. Had already so gave him a contract extension. So he's getting paid, and he has a no-trade clause. So he gets to – he can't go anywhere that he doesn't want to go. That's very interesting. I did he's not, not, I I did not know that information. But Big Ben is gone after a prolific 18-year career in the National Football League. Two so, Super Bowls. Two Super Bowls. More That's, than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so he is uh, – you know he'll be missed definitely in Pittsburgh, but let's just say his time was uh, is overdue. That, yeah, it, he should have been gone three he years was, ago. He was ready to go. 
So he should have been gone three years ago. Yeah, that's kind of how that one rolls. But um, hey, it is what it is. Anything else you guys wanted to touch on here? Mason Rudolph next up. Hell no. no. Dwayne no, Haskins. The, no, Dwayne. They're, Dwayne they're Booty gonna, Cheeks Haskins, the one that got gonna, caught in the strip club during COVID. No. Hey, a lot of people got caught in the strip club. COVID. <laughs> it's hard times, man. It's Dwayne yeah. Booty Cheeks Haskins, bro. I'm, I'm, he ain't not going to win a starting job in any city. I think, like I say. You know I why? Got, Look, we went to college. I got I got Aaron Rodgers. I knew the other team I was blinking on. What? The Giants. For Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. The Giants? No. They looked abysmal this year. Bro. Their defense? The Giants? The Giants' defense is solid. NYC too, dude. Like the Giants' NYC defense did. is solid, and they got weapons on the offensive side. They have some weapons for sure. Daniel Jones is just not a NFL Daniel starting Jones quarterback. Is not the guy. After the, yeah. Daniel is Jones Daniel is done Jones, with the Giants, he'll be a career backup. Is Mitch the Daniel Trubisky Jones experiment over? Junior. You think? I agree with that. Actually, it's very comparable to Mitch. I actually think Mitch might, might be a little bit better than Daniel. Jones. I feel like Mitch Trubisky is better than Daniel Jones too. I'd agree, but I, I, I don't would, think either yeah. one of them is an NFL starting quarterback. And next year, you might be right about that statement. Yeah. But but actually, I just came out and saw that the uh, Dave Gettleman was like, nope, Daniel Jones, this is his team. He'll be starting next year. Damn, so I mind. take that back. <laughs> yeah, um, Aaron Rodgers to Pittsburgh. Book it. If y'all if y'all like the bet. I'll bet on Denver. Bet the house. He's That's not going to Denver because he's not winning the championship in Denver, and he don't want to play Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. Twice a year. No, he does not. Um, so that's that's the thing about that division, right? That poses a challenge. I guess we didn't really uh, consider that earlier on. We were talking about that division, but um, nobody wants to go to Denver. Otherwise, you don't want to play them. I think that's all we've got for today. We were going. This is it's a longer pod episode, but hey, it was a good one. So yeah. I, I don't mind it. It Was a good one. Yeah. Um, so fellas, thank you for uh, sticking around with me. If you've been listening this long, I appreciate it. Catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We'll be uh, hopefully in a new in a new setup soon. We got some big things planned for yeah, the for the, the coming cameras. months. Yeah, oh, we're gonna nah. be we're gonna try and get on it. But uh, lock in. thank you and uh have a great weekend. Watch some great football. It's only gonna be a couple more of these, man. Shut on my dad. I love you, Dad. There you go. We'll end on that note. Yeah.